0: From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NoCo, a daily slice of northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Tuesday, November 28th. I'm Erin O'Toole. When you think of Colorado produce, grapes probably don't come to mind. Cantaloupe, corn, peaches, sure. But the state's winemaking industry is having a moment right now. And a new study from Colorado State University suggests Colorado's wine country could keep expanding. KUNC's Ray Solomon recently sorted through the grapes and vines of it all, and she joins me now. Hi, Ray. Hi, Erin. So this CSU study you looked at shows the potential to expand Colorado's wine industry. But but hang on, we need to back up here. Colorado has
1: a wine industry. There is a vibrant Colorado wine industry with a long history. It goes back to the 1800s when Italian miners brought their wine culture over to Colorado. But that history was pretty much wiped out by Prohibition. Vines were ripped out of the ground. The industry was ended, essentially. But in the decades since the end of Prohibition, we've come back. We've come back strong. And today, Colorado's wine industry is gaining steam. We're earning some national and international recognition. Wow. Yeah. I spoke with Kyle Schlachter, who's the executive director of the Colorado Wine Industry Development Board. And he told me that, in his opinion, the industry is really just coming into its own. I would say we're kind of in our adolescent phase, kind of getting to to know who we are and getting recognized and outside of the
0: state a little bit more, even though we're still a relatively small industry.
1: Adolescent or not, the Colorado wine industry is widespread. There are wineries all over the state from the Four Corners region, all the way to the Eastern Plains. But winery country does not necessarily mean grape growing country the vast majority of those wineries are not growing their own fruit. They're sourcing it from elsewhere often from western Colorado, which is still where most of Colorado's wine grapes are grown. Specifically, I'm talking about areas in Mesa County and Delta County. That's the home of Colorado's only two registered American Viticultural Areas, or AVAs. That's a federal designation for a place that consistently produces unique, standout wine grapes. So that's where almost all of Colorado's grapes are still being grown today.
0: And what kinds of grapes are we talking about? I mean, could I sip on a Colorado Pinot Noir,
1: for example? Absolutely. If that's your preference. It's my favorite. A lot of classic European varieties are grown in those two aviary areas I mentioned. We've got Rieslings, we've got Cabernets, Chardonnays, Malbecs, Merlots. Uh, And that's because the unique microclimates of those areas we're talking about Warm days, cool nights, the way the canyon keeps the air moving on cold nights, all of that contributes to sugar and acid development in the fruit, which creates uh, the distinctive flavor that Colorado wines are known for.
0: Well, you mentioned microclimates. I'm curious what areas of Colorado the study suggests might be good
1: for growing grapes. Yeah, the researchers on the study pointed to the grape growing potential of a few other areas in western Colorado. First, there's western Montrose County, Naderita, and Nucla, and then also the Four Corners region to the west and south of Cortez. And then if you look on the eastern side of the Continental Divide, that's a little bit dicier because it's less shielded from Arctic winter air masses. But one area in the Arkansas River Basin near Canyon City That's the area that researchers say has some promise for growing grapes.
0: And what is it about those areas? Why do they have good potential for grape growing? In a
1: place like Colorado, so high up in the mountains, it really all comes down to temperature. I spoke with climatologist Peter Goebel, who is one of the lead researchers on the study, and he told me this.
0: The main limiting factor for much of the state in terms of wine grape growth is that it just gets a little too cold either in the winter or in the late fall for grapes to survive. Where our our research is coming in is looking at where these types of killing freezes are the least common or give us the highest probability of success.
1: And even though Goebel and his co-authors on the study say those areas I just mentioned could be good for growing grapes, he urged would-be wine entrepreneurs to exercise some caution. You know, start small get to know your soils, get to know your microclimates. And that's advice that Sean Kaufman might have been wise to follow. He's the owner of Bugling Elk Vineyards and Winery in Penrose, Colorado. That's about 10 miles east of Canyon City and that Arkansas River Basin area. Kaufman launched Bugling Elk in 2017. And at first he tried growing a number of European varieties. He tried Malbec, Cabernet Franc, and Riesling. And Over the years, he ended up losing thousands of vines and tens of thousands of dollars. Whatever the CSU study shows, Kaufman says his experience growing grapes in the Arkansas River Basin has been rough.
0: Water, temperature, and wind. Those three things are our biggest challenge here.
1: He says he also has to contend with pests.
0: We had a bad grasshopper problem this year. We're going to harvest probably in about five to six days. And the grasshoppers just took over and just started
1: eating. So after a few years trying to establish his grapevines, Kaufman kind of shifted his focus to building up the winery and tasting room side of his business. And that's going really well. But for now, he sources most of his fruit from Western Colorado, though he hopes he can change that and bring in some more local fruit in the coming years.
0: Well, I have to say, I mean, that doesn't sound all that promising.
1: No. But the CSU researchers say that the key to expanding Colorado's grape country into new territories is to revisit the types of grapes that we're trying to grow there. So the delicate European varieties, the Merlot grapes, the Malbecs, they really don't do well with those cold temperatures, but there's a solution. Newer hybridized American varieties that are bred to be cold hardy, and those types of grapes have much more success in places like the Arkansas River Basin. So Sean Kaufman came to that conclusion himself a couple years ago. He recently gave up on trying to grow his favorite European grapes. And now he switched over 100% to the newer cold hardy varieties. And um, grasshoppers aside, those cold hardy varieties seem to be working much better for him.
0: Well, it sounds like establishing these new grape areas is going to take a lot of work. I have to ask, why put in the effort if it still seems like it's such a
1: risky venture? I think, you know, wine enthusiasts would say if you can grow good wine grapes somewhere, why wouldn't you? You know, why waste a good terroir? But it really comes down to good old economic potential. The CSU researcher Peter Goebel told me that grapes are just a really high value crop.
0: Looking at the value per acre of growing different crops, if you're able to have success with, with grapes, it, it can certainly stimulate a, a local economy. Well, what about wine tourism, Ray? Could Colorado end up with a little Temecula
1: or a little Napa Valley of our own here if all goes well? Well, Sean Kaufman of Bugling Elk Wineries. Definitely hope so. He has kind of a grand vision for establishing wine culture and wine tourism in the Arkansas River Basin.
0: The Arkansas Valley could easily become the front range destination, which is much more palatable driving from Denver to here than driving from Denver over to Grand Junction or Palisade.
1: And that's why he's so focused on getting grapes to work in the area, not just making wine, but actually growing the grapes locally. He says, in spite of all his troubles, he's not going to stop trying to grow grapes there and trying to get that designation until he's successful or until his wife tells him he's got to (laughs) stop.
0: Okay, fair. Well, cheers. Thank you so much for looking into this for us, Ray. Anytime, Erin. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. Co. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. We'll be back tomorrow with more of what's happening in Northern Colorado.